Do you dream of wearing a hoodie or t-shirt bearing the intricate and mysterious design of a Han Dynasty bronze mirror? Or featuring one of our seasonal logos like the Dogu or Kofun Tomb? Make that dream come true at the podcast's official merch store, found at ahistoryofjapan.threadless.com. Hello, and welcome to A History of Japan. Season 6, Episode 16, Minamoto Misgivings The Hogen Rebellion is considered an immensely important event in the later Heian period, and critical to understanding the rise of the samurai. After it was over, Taira Kiyomori and his clan, the Issei Taira, would emerge as the de facto military leaders of the nation. Those who lost this struggle, however, had much darker fates. Fujiwara Yorinaga was struck by an arrow during the battle and later died from his wound. Fujiwara Tarazane, his father, fled to Nara but was captured and placed on trial. His less favorite son, Taramichi, intervened on his behalf and persuaded the council to pass a sentence of exile instead of execution. While it's tempting to think that he was moved to do so by a sense of filial piety, it is more likely that he didn't want to risk the court rescinding Tadazane's hereditary rights as the emperor's regent, rights which Tadamichi very much wanted to inherit, along with the vast estates his father owned. Tadazane retired to Chisoku-in Temple and lived out his days, dying in 1162. Minamoto Tameyoshi was not so fortunate. He was executed along with about 20 of his officers. His loyal son, Tametomo, was captured as well, but not given the harsh sentence of execution. I mentioned in the previous episode that he was famous for his skill at archery, so much so that he even has a few legends to his name. He allegedly punctured a hole in a ship by shooting an arrow into its hull just below the waterline, and it was said that his left arm was four inches longer than his right, which would allow for a deeper and more powerful draw than the average archer. As part of his sentence, tendons in his left arm were severed so that using a bow would be nearly impossible, and he was exiled to Oshima Island, which lies off the coast of the Izu Peninsula. He later committed suicide. Those who fought on behalf of sitting Emperor Goshirakawa were greatly rewarded, but not in equal measure. Taira Kiyomori was given rank promotion, a lucrative post as governor of the productive Harima province, and expansive military authority. Minamoto Yoshitomo was likewise granted rank promotion, but that seems to be the limit of Goshirakawa Tenno's gratitude. As if to add further insult to the injury, Kiyomori had been elevated to the fourth rank, while Yoshitomo was only granted fifth rank status. I think that even staunch partisans of the Issei Taira clan would have thought this unfair to the unfortunate head of the Kawachi Genji clan. Yoshitomo was the primary leader of the battle, and it was he who suggested burning the palace, which brought the affair swiftly to a close. He had betrayed his father to serve the cloistered emperor, and later it was his sword that struck the hapless Tamayoshi's head from his shoulders. So why was he snubbed when it came time to distribute rewards? The answer lies with Taira Kiyomori. 
Since at least the time of Taira Masakado, various samurai had been trying to accumulate more power and generally failing to do so. Gaining the loyalty of a large number of their fellow samurai in a particular region, usually Kanto, and then trying to gain regional governance by muscling the court was the usual way that samurai had attempted to climb the ladder, but by the 1100s it became obvious that regional risings were a dead end for those with real ambition. While Kiyomori's predecessors in the Issei Taira clan had laid the groundwork for his rise to power, starting with his grandfather Taira Masamori's land grant to cloistered Emperor Shirakawa and subsequent campaign against Minamoto Yoshichika, Kiyomori himself had the combination of street cred and political savvy necessary to become equal parts warrior and courtier. Although Minamoto Yoshitomo had proven his loyalty by betraying his father, and had shown his worth on the battlefield by winning the siege of Shirakawa Den, he was still generally seen as a country bumpkin from Kanto by the more refined Kuge and noble samurai whose lands lay within Kansai. He had not yet developed the courtly manners and political acumen which Kiyomori had mastered long ago, and this set him at an enormous disadvantage. Emperor Go Shirakawa never intended to sit long upon the throne, and in 1158, just two years after the Hogan Rebellion, and only three years after taking the throne in the first place, he abdicated in favor of his son, 15-year-old Crown Prince Morihito, who was remembered as Emperor Nijo. Retired Emperor Go Shirakawa then established his Insei government with every intention of effectively ruling the nation just like the cloistered emperors before him. This brings us to Fujiwara Michinori, a kuge who rose through the ranks thanks in large part to the Insei system. Though he had been born into the southern branch of the Fujiwara clan, he had at some point been adopted into the Takashina family. His biological father probably died before he came of age, but this adoption became a problem for Michinori, who wanted to serve in the office of Kurodo, the emperor's secretary, an office which his biological father held, and which he therefore felt entitled to. Because he had joined a different family, it was ruled that Michinori was ineligible to inherit the post of Kurodo, and likewise ineligible to serve at the Daigaku-ryo, the imperial university, in spite of the fact that he was said to be especially learned and well-read. Cloistered Emperor Toba acted on his behalf in the mid-1140s, arranging his promotion to the upper ranks of Kuge, and even reinstating his membership in the Fujiwara family. While Michinori was happy to support his son taking an appointment at the university in his stead, Michinori himself had already decided to become a Buddhist monk and took the name Shinzei. This was by no means an indication that he intended to abandon his political ambitions, however, and he continued serving the retired Emperor Toba, gaining special favor when his wife served as the wet nurse for the child who would become Emperor Go Shirakawa. Shinzei actively defended Go Shirakawa Tenno's elevation in the Hogan Rebellion, and is credited with supporting Minamoto Yoshitomo's plan of attacking the Shirakawa Den Palace by night. He also fought in the siege of Shirakawa Den, was a longtime ally of Taira Kiyomori, and was one of Emperor Nijo's most trusted advisors. Shinzei did not rise to power without making a few enemies along the way. One such foe was Fujiwara Nobuyori, 
an ambitious young Kuge who had previously served as governor of Mutsu province and Musashi province and had managed by the late 1150s to obtain a high position in the court of Emperor Nijo. He had begun his political career by being a young attendant to Emperor Goshirakawa, whom the sources claim practiced homosexual relations with Nobuyori and fast-tracked his promotions and appointments afterward. The disagreement that arose between the Insei court of retired Emperor Goshirakawa and that of the sitting Emperor Nijo appears to have revolved around one of Shinze's pet causes, Shouen reform. The Fujiwara had not abandoned their quest to muscle their way back into power and become the regents-slash-dictators once more. Shinze's proposed reforms would dramatically inhibit their ability to gain new clients through financial gifts, which were funded through the income of their private farms. While this larger issue may have been part of Nobuyori's motivation for acting against Shinze, he also had a more personal reason which probably overshadowed anything else. He had sought retired Emperor Goshirakawa's blessing regarding a promotion to a higher office. The Daijo Tenno refused this request specifically on the advice of Shinze. Nobuyori wanted some way to avenge himself upon Shinze, but he knew he would need allies for such an effort. He turned to Minamoto Yoshitomo, who was himself still feeling somewhat raw about his treatment by the retired emperor's party in the lackluster rewards he was granted. Relations between the courts of the sitting and retired emperors were growing extremely heated by the end of 1159, but Taira Kiyomori was still in control of every level of the military in Heian-kyo, and he supported his patron, the retired emperor. As long as he's in town, no one needs to worry about anything like, I don't know, a grieved party staging a coup. You can probably already see where this was going. Kiyomori announced that he was taking a pilgrimage to the Kumano Shrine in southern Ki province, specifically the southern tip of Kansai. He took with him his cadre of personal retainers, most of the imperial guard, and most of the investigators in a grand procession to the holy place. Some sources claim that Kiyomori was trying to bait his enemies into making a move before they were fully prepared, and thus could be more easily defeated. It's hard to say with any certainty whether Kiyomori was quite that canny, but he had such a reputation for strategy and cunning that I cannot fully eliminate the possibility. If it was purposeful, this was still a huge risk on his part. Fujiwara Nobuyori and Minamoto Yoshitomo wasted no time springing into action. Around 500 Minamoto-allied samurai seized control of the city and, acting on Yoshitomo's orders, they besieged the Sanjo Palace, the headquarters of the retired Emperor Goshirakawa. After a brief skirmish with the sparse defenders, they kidnapped the Daijo Tenno and burned the palace itself to the ground. They also seized sitting Emperor Nijo and placed him under house arrest in an inner chamber while Emperor Goshirakawa was kept in a library building near the imperial palace. Although Shinze was a Buddhist monk, religious ordinance no longer had the protection against violence which they had sometimes enjoyed in the past. His mansion was attacked by Minamoto samurai, who breached it easily and killed everyone they found inside. Shinze himself slipped out the back door and tried to escape the city, but was captured and beheaded. Fujiwara Nobuyori 
persuaded Emperor Nijo to promote him to Daijo Daijin, Chancellor. Minamoto Yoshitomo was granted the governorship of wealthy Harima province, an honor which had previously gone to Taira Kiyomori. The sitting emperor was terrified and acting under duress, of course, but for the moment, everything seems to be going smoothly. Nobuyori and Yoshitomo had control of both living sovereigns, Taira Kiyomori was still somewhere in southern Kansai, and Shinze's head was paraded through the streets in celebration. This was looking, to all parties involved, like a successful coup. Even Taira Kiyomori seems to have nearly blinked and considered fleeing with his army to Kyushu to first bolster their numbers. However, Kiyomori was not merely an effective commander on the battlefield, but had become a skillful politician who excelled at dividing his enemies. He returned to the capital, his army in tow, but for the moment could do nothing without risking being labeled a rebel. His enemies controlled both living sovereigns, neither of whom had given him an order. Instead of risking everything in an all-out attack, he penned a letter to Nobuyori. He might be thinking, big deal, the guy wrote a letter. But this was not some kind of polite formality. It was full of gushing praise for Nobuyori, and promised that Kiyomori's forces would absolutely not attempt any kind of attack that would risk the lives of the sovereigns. An anxious standoff ensued for the next ten days, with neither side willing to attack the other, but for different reasons. While Kiyomori was trying to remain within the bounds of the law, the Minamoto samurai did not yet have the numbers to expect success if they tried repelling the Taira. While Kiyomori had been in the process of traveling to Heian-kyo, Yoshitomo's son Yoshihira had proposed rallying their army to attack the Taira as they approached, but this plan had been rejected by Fujiwara Nobuyori. It would take time for the messengers which Yoshitomo had dispatched to the Kanto to deliver their summons, and even more time for those samurai to raise their warbands and march to the capital. Getting back to the letter, it is critical that Taira Kiyomori wrote only one and addressed it to Nobuyori and not Yoshitomo. No doubt this was meant partly as yet another snub against the bumpkin samurai chieftain, but it also served to inform Yoshitomo that Nobuyori was the acknowledged leader of their little junta. This seems to have had its desired effect as relations between Yoshitomo and Nobuyori began to sour. In what may have been a pleasant collateral bonus, two of the kuge who had originally supported Nobuyori turned against him and smuggled sitting Emperor Nijo out of the palace dressed as a lady-in-waiting. Retired Emperor Goshirakawa also took an opportunity to slip away and took shelter at Ninnaji Temple. Minamoto Yoshitomo was furious at Fujiwara Nobuyori for neglecting the sovereign's security and thus allowing them to escape, allegedly telling him to his face that he was the biggest fool in all Japan. It wasn't long before Emperor Nijo granted Taira Kiyomori an official order to attack Fujiwara Nobuyori and Minamoto Yoshitomo. Kiyomori was only too happy to oblige. Sources claim that Kiyomori placed 3,000 mounted samurai under the command of his son, Taira Shigemori, but that number is likely inflated. One-tenth of that figure is more likely a solid 300 cavalry. 
Shigemori and his troops charged the imperial palace and fought their way inside. Fujiwara Nobuyori was said to have fled almost immediately after the battle began, but Yoshitomo and his son Yoshihira fought hard and managed to repulse the assault. The Taira samurai retreated and the Minamoto pursued, thinking that they had managed somehow to carry the day after all. Unfortunately for them, they had just fallen into Taira Kiyomori's trap. Kiyomori led a second force into the city on the opposite side from where his son attacked, and they immediately occupied the imperial palace as soon as the Minamoto vacated it. The Minamoto chased the Taira to a place in the capital called Rokuhara, where additional Taira reinforcements joined the fray. The fighting was intense, and the Minamoto army was utterly destroyed, but Yoshitomo and Yoshihira managed to escape. Nobuyori, meanwhile, took a nasty fall from his horse in his haste to escape the battle, and was apprehended by Taira agents who brought him before the retired Emperor Go Shirakawa. He had bashed his nose on the ground and blood streamed down his face as he begged the cloistered emperor for mercy. Goshirakawa Inn ordered him to be executed, and he was shortly thereafter beheaded. After managing to escape the bloodbath in the capital, Minamoto Yoshitomo intended to travel with his remaining entourage to Kanto, where he could raise troops and attempt to take the capital. He would never get that opportunity. While they had stopped to bathe along the road east, one of Yoshitomo's own retainers murdered him. His son Yoshihira attempted to sneak back into Heian-kyo in order to assassinate a high-ranking member of the Ise Taira clan, but he was also betrayed by an informer and captured. He was later beheaded. The wrath of Taira Kiyomori was indeed a terrible thing. Punishments were doled out liberally for those who had betrayed the sovereigns by siding with Nobuyori and Yoshitomo. The rest of Yoshitomo's family was in grave danger, and it is likely that his remaining three young sons would have also faced execution if not for the intervention of Taira Kiyomori's stepmother, Ike Nozenni, who pleaded especially for the life of 13-year-old Minamoto Yoritomo, third son of Yoshitomo. Stories say that young Yoritomo's likeness to Ikenozenni's late son moved her to plead on his behalf, but this may be a later fiction. Whatever the case, Kiyomori commuted the death sentence to exile in Izu province and seized much of the Minamoto private lands in Kanto. The end result of the Heiji Rebellion, as this uprising is named, was to elevate Taira Kiyomori to levels heretofore undreamt of by even the most optimistic of samurai. The courts of both emperors had been savagely reduced by Nobuyori and Yoshitomo, who slaughtered their most loyal courtiers during the early stages of their coup. Thus, both courts became even more dependent upon the Ise Taira and their expanding network of client clans. Taira Kiyomori was appointed to the post of Sangi, counselor, the first among the samurai to attain such an honor. Next time, we'll see what the Issei Taira clan does with all of this power they've managed to accumulate and meet some of the friends and enemies they made along the way. Until then, thank you for listening. If you would like access to exclusive bonus episodes, as well as ad-free versions of the regular episodes, Please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com slash ahistoryofjapan.